First and foremost, thank you so much, Troy, for joining us today. How are you? I am great. I feel powerful. I feel amazing. And I hope you do too, as well as listeners. <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate it. Now, there is there's so much we're going to talk about today. And I'm so happy that you're part of this new wave. I'll call it a new wave because with the We Don't Play podcast, we're literally knocking on 200 episodes. And now we want to go premium podcasting, which has been planned for a year. And I talked about it, but people didn't really hear me speak or they didn't really think I was serious. So now that you're here, Troy, I feel like they should have heard in the beginning because the content you're about to give is going to be so valuable that somebody has to really understand how can I get it. So before I go too far, please let us know who you are, what you do. And let's get right into it. All right, let's go. All I want you to know about me, I do strategy. That's it. Now, you're probably wondering, how can you be that bold? Because I am. But two, when you can make what you do, it's a quick summary. Let them be the one to ask for more. People want to like, oh my goodness. When people ask that question, oh my God, what am I going to say? I've done this award. I've achieved this. I made this amount of money. It doesn't matter. Make it simple and let them that fish rod out there and let them ask for more and ask more and you get through everything you want to say. So I do strategy and I'm like, well, can you expand on that? So my alter ego is called the strategy hacker. It's branded, it's trademarked, registered. It is what it is. I literally see the world differently than a lot of folk, but I think about things very in terms of very simply. I want to help you grow. I want to help you make money. I want to help you achieve whatever your goal is in life. Many times people, you know, they live to work instead of working to live. I want to help you create strategy to figure out how can I make this thing transition to achieve what I want out of life. We could be chasing the dollars. We could be chasing the paper, the fame, the fortune, all that stuff. But if it doesn't generate the life that you want, you're going to be in this void. So I help you strategize to get there. That's me. Wow. I want you to say one thing before we get into this, and this is going to really make and just level the ground. Tell us about your first strategy that you built and you are like, okay, this is it. I've never been asked that question before. <laughs> Man, I got to, this is the first. I'm not making no stun on this either. I got to think. I think my first strategy, if uh, I can recall was I had a campaign I was working with um, one of the top insurance brands they were trying to give people to sign up for not texting and driving so they can get their license. And my idea was, I'm like, hey, instead of finding some actors and making some commercials that don't even look like the people you're trying to reach, how about you just get people when they sign up to make a video and you make them the campaign? And so we got 100 folk initially, students um, to sign up for it. They all make their own video showing their life, showing what they deal with every day. And we made them the champions of the campaign. Now, what do you think when other folk from inner city schools, outer city schools were like, oh, I want that. I want to be a part of that. All I do is commit, commit. And it just blew up. But it was using the community to advocate for the community to make change happen. And I was probably 16, 17 at the time when I came into light. So the right doors, the right alignment, the right people to ask. And I had the right idea, so it worked out. And I think 
Somewhere in there, it's probably my first one. I can't, I can't talk about when I was a baby because that don't count. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh man, that's that's amazing. I think the the first thing that came to my mind when you said that was user generated content. And when you think about the big brands doing this, Coca Cola, Amazon, Apple, name it. I mean, the list goes on and on. Why do people don't? Why do? Why do they not realize that that's exactly what's going on? That's just what makes me go crazy. Sometimes I'm like, can you understand that? Because <laughs> I don't want to put in the work. <gasps> Troy, what? Look, if you treat everything that you're doing like a relationship, you're gonna put in the work. It requires sacrifice. It requires compromise. It requires good listening. And it requires you to deliver on your promises on time or apologize when something goes wrong. Those are the core principles among a million other things we want to talk about. Just a good relationship. How much more do you think you need to do that to make your business have a good relationship with your customers, with your clients, with your community, with your audience, with yourself? You can't run an amazing business if you don't got your own house in order. Make sure everyone's on board seeing that vision. So scale up for the bigger brands. They have enough money to excuse not having a cap cut community mm. or emphasize community. Think about that. Mm. They have enough money to burn to navigate not having community focused driven thing until it doesn't work. They had too much money. Now they got to pull in a community manager. Now they got to push UGC campaigns. But they have a lot of money to blow and burn. Now, a lot of us, middle ground folk, little people, we don't got that type of capital to just blow money at stuff. But one thing I'll say, and I'm done with this moment, when you think about what happened the past 18 months, right? Obviously, who who could? 2020 was a whole thing for a lot of folk on top of the pandemic, on top of summer 2020, but we're not going to go there. But my point is, it was a lot. But you know who survived? Those who had strong communities. It didn't matter. Community is COVID proof. Mm. Community is pandemic proof. Because at the end of the day, you think of a nonprofit, no one had to give money to a nonprofit. We all try to keep our money down, no other things like that. But hmm, they have a good cause. I want to make sure that they stay relevant to the community. I'm going to donate a dollar. And if 100,000 folks, 500,000 folks, a million folks donate a dollar, you can do the math, figure out how much money they got. Exactly. Because why? They had focus on community first content. So community is COVID proof. Lean in on that. Mm, that's deep. I feel like people don't even know where to start about community. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. And it's clearly right in front of them on their phone. True. I tell people all the time, and I know you do this too, like, oh, I don't got time. I don't got time. So ask yourself, look at your phone, whether it's Apple or Android, Android, and see your screen time for the day. What apps you've been using? Okay, Troy, you know, I had to watch my fix on Netflix. You know me. I got to watch, support my guys on YouTube. You know me. I'm watching all my on the TikToks. Well, if you're not creating to get exposure out there to build the community and you're just consuming, you're burning a lot of time. You got to go out there and create. People are running seven, eight figures on this phone. Not no computer, but a phone. All because they got access to network, they're getting referrals, and people are booking the calendar. They're buying their product because they've established that community. Mm. People know them. They have power. And they're connected to other people who have power and leverage to grow. And I ain't trying to get involved all the stories of all the things we're going to cover in this conversation, but I just want y'all to recognize, like, the first thing to build a community is recognize the power in community. And the second thing is to hold yourself accountable 
if you can create a platform, create an account, anything, you can create a community. All you gotta do is start sharing things that's on your heart, your mind, your soul, your spirit. Engage, be real, be friendly, and make it happen. Show up consistently. Yeah. And you'll, you'll grow community. No excuses. You don't got none. Exactly. And that's it. You have no excuse. You have a phone. Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this all the time. He's like, you have a phone. This is 2021. Nobody is exempted from collaborating, creating, doing something relevant with quality video, quality audio, quality images. Now, when you think about community, and that's what we want to focus on because it's all about strategy, like you said. Now, when you think about the six principles to building a scalable, sustainable, and successful business, could you break that down for us? Because people are like, this is getting over my head every day. <laughs> well, you guys will learn from me really quick. I'm an acronyms person. The reason why is that sometimes people can say some, so many things and they don't forget. They can't remember. And I think about things. How do I make it simple? So easy for you all to understand. And so the six principles to build a successful business lies in one word. That word is clover. So if there's nothing else you got to remember. Just remember applying Clover. Now, Troy, what the heck does Clover even mean? I got you. Let's take it step by step. The C means clarity. You can't do anything until you're clear about what you're trying to do. I got all these ideas. I run them all the time. I talk about all the stuff I want to do. Get clear about what's possible, what's achievable, what do you want. Write that down and like, that's it. I'm clear about what I'm going to do. The next thing is leverage. Leverage people. And I don't mean that negative, I mean that in a very positive way. Look at your current folk who are around you. I ain't talking about your family, your church. Yeah, I'm talking about folk who actually can move mountains for you, who have access to people you can't, or understanding or information you don't currently have access to in your business sector. Leverage their time. Leverage your time. When I talked about earlier, we talked about this phone. You can do it from this phone. Okay, it means, hey, if I'm trying to make that six-figure, seven-figure, eight-figure business, I might got to take a little less time from Netflix and chill and more time into getting these communities and grinding to get that money up the way I need to be. Leverage all these things because when you make, and again, we don't know what you need until you ask. We are not mind readers. Listeners, we are not mind readers. No one's just going to know you've got the next best ideas to slice bread and you need to make this money now because, you know, everything's on the line. You got to make that known. So leverage people, leverage time, leverage yourself. The next thing, oh, optimization. You want to optimize. When I come in and I think I have a great idea and I'm working through some things, guess what? I'm going to make modifications to it. I'm going to make changes to it. I'm already coming in with the mindset that this may not work, and that's okay. This gives me the opportunity to optimize it until it does work. Optimize shifts and parallels until I'm trying to get to where I need to go. The V is two parts, vision and value. And I know what you're thinking. I'm sure you said clarity earlier. What the heck does vision mean? Ain't that the same thing? It's not. Clarity is being clear about what you're trying to do. When you have a vision, I'm telling you to manifest, literally in your mind, manifest what you want. What does life look like for you when you achieve what you achieve? Because when you can create that vision, that's what you're going to hold on to. When things get tough and rocky, you're going to hold on to that vision. And it allows other people to align with you and support you because they see that same vision. But you yourself have to manifest that vision to be first. 
I'm sure when you think of the greatest, think of the greatest person you think in your industry, in your sector, the person you go to, whether it's Gary Vee, Jeff Bezos, whoever you think of, Oprah Winfrey, whoever comes to your mind to get to that success, they have to have the vision. And they have to help be that torch, pass that flame for other people to see that vision. And the second part to that V is value. Now, I know everybody like, like to say that word value. I'm going to give value. Make sure you're giving value in the clubhouse room. Yeah. Give value <laughs> on podcasts. Give value to the customers. Show the value added benefits on the bullets. That's great. But you know what? Value is a two-way street. You got to make sure you receive enough value back. Value is only limited. You have a whale of it. And as you're giving it, and if you're not receiving anything back, that's when burnout comes out. That's when you get resentment and bitterness because anyone trying to help a brother out, anyone trying to help a sister out, with my hand, with my thing, anyone trying to help, you gotta make sure that when you have these conversations with folks, they're actually reciprocating that value back into you. That allows you to have better relationships, a better community. Look at your circles. If you've been giving all this stuff to all these different circles and I ain't been giving it back to you, what I tell you? Maybe I've not grown these circles. Or maybe these aren't the same circles I need to get to my next level of growth. So vision and value are very important. The E, we can do all this talk. You can be taking all the notes. You can be listening to the podcast episode over and over again, watching the last year over and over again, being in clubhouse room that we've been, all this great stuff. But if you don't freaking execute, what, what was this all for? You see on Twitter all these great quotes. Hey, do this. Be you. Go ahead. Blah, blah, blah. Well, yep, they write. They read my receipts. But if you don't execute, if you don't take what you're listening right now and actually do something with it, what does it matter? You didn't want it that badly. Execute. And obviously, the last thing, the R, being results. You got to get results. So set up some benchmarks of, okay, I want to get to this level of community growth. I'm not saying focus on follows. I'm talking about people who engage, who refer to you, who respond. You know, followers, likes, you can buy that. That ain't nothing. I'm talking about actual conversations that lead to the goals you're trying to get to. Results where it's ROI, return on investment, return on interest, however you want to apply that word. Revenue. Make some money. Let me make something very clear to you. Ooh, look how many likes I got. Look how many followers I got. Unless you can transact that to actual dollars and cents, you broke, buddy. Don't get me wrong. Social validation is cool. It helps. But it's not a benchmark to determine your success. There's many folk out here making big dollars on the screen living in a hut. And I don't mean that disrespect. I mean, they could be doing better, but they chose not to. They put an investment all on the digital currency of vanity matches of looking like you're somebody because that dopamine from that light helps you but it doesn't pay the bills. It doesn't give you money. It doesn't build generational wealth. So you gotta look at what results are my Now again, if your results are just getting likes and getting that blue check, by all means, let that be your results. But if you need to make money, if you wanna grow, note the likes and the blue check may come as a bot part of your results, but they are not the goal of the results. And simply put, that's Clover. Again, recap, Clover is clarity, leverage, optimization, vision and value, execution and results. Those are the six principles to build you a successful business in the modern day era. Doing what you can, as well as you can, to make the success that you want to have. That's perfect. That literally sums up. Like, we should just close this podcast right after this. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Because it's so true. People don't think about this. Like, it's so annoying to see someone say, I don't have time to do this, but you have time 
to spend and post and scroll like i don't understand do you have two sets of times please show me something <laughs> let me swipe I want to swipe up the cash. What was that commercial? Checking the cash. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, nah, it's it's just terrible. I think people don't realize it, and the 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 faster you realize it, the better, because technology is evolving, but we are not evolving. Can you like? And I and I wonder why. We're not comfortable with change. That's it. 85% of the folk are still stuck in pre-pandemic and ain't going to revert back. That part. <laughs> We've gotten too far down the pipeline now. People realize, oh, I can make a living virtually? Do I even need to step out the house anymore? Right. You know? Everyone's made a lot of changes, so we got to allow change to happen. Change and growth are running parallel together on the same road. They run in parallel. So for you to grow to love you need to be, Guess what? You need to change. But guess what also going to happen as a byproduct of that? Your whole environment is going to change. You put someone in a room with somebody who only makes the $1,000. You're only going to think to the limit of $1,000. You put that same person in a room of folk who make $100,000, that's six figures. You're going to think like someone making six figures. You take that same person and put them in a room of people who make eight figures and beyond. They're going to think like a person who wants to become that to achieve that that's change people think how negative how bad changes you know we want to we're we, we're we are conditioned to hoard on to things things that used to work don't work no more i don't know why this don't work no more i don't right. know why this don't work no more maybe if you think about the relationship this ain't working you tell everybody your mama how badly it ain't working but you're still sticking with it it's, it's toxic right and you find it out and you can breathe and you can ah uh, Oh, we gotta let go of the past, gotta let go of the change, and make change be what it is. But when you can embrace change, you can make change fit the goals you're trying to achieve. To your point, at this point, like spend some time to learn your phone. The, the, the ain't nothing really new. It's just that people took the time to learn a skill, and either they're teaching someone else how to do it, or they're using that skill to make the money. So if you learn one new skill and say, "I'm gonna apply this skill to make," $10,000 more this year. That's the foundation. You can build off that. Guess what? I mean, really, in 10 years, you'll make 100000 Simple math, but you scale that up. Hey, I made 5000 extra dollars this year. You know, I make, I paid 5000 extra dollars this month. That's $60,000 extra for a 12-month period. So don't play yourself short, but you got to let change happen. So you listen to this podcast episode, or you're watching this live right now, you know, have this conversation, I should say, rather. And I implore you to embrace the change. And you're going to know really quickly what you need to do to evolve. Uh, I need to get in front of people I'm afraid. And I tell people this, too. I said, again, you know, when you think of success and fear, the same way with the change and growth run parallel. Fear and success run parallel with each other. If you want it bad enough, you're going to break past that fear. That fear is just the the last hurrah wall before you break through to the other side. And if you really want it that badly, you're going to break past that fear. Believe it or not, trouble like Troy, you're so calm and poised. I didn't used to be this way. You think I'm comfortable just coming to strangers saying, hey, here's how I can help you make your business grow? No! That takes time and practice. But you got to look at things from a lot of different ways and evolve. 
and know this is the result that I need to achieve. So that means I need to rise to the occasion to get what I want. You know what I want? I want to make sure the lights are on. I want to have a beautiful house for my wife one day. I want to be financially free and set. I want a generational wealth. Well, that's cute. That's cool. No, no, no. I'm dead serious. So that means I need to change and rise to the occasion. So when you think of things happening that aren't going your way, I challenge you to rise to the occasion. I rose to the occasion. When they asked me to be on this podcast, I'm like, oh, this is an opportunity. I'm going to step in on that. I'm going to rise to the occasion and be prepared for this moment because we don't know what this moment has hold for both of us, supporting each other as brothers. This could be something big. And so you got to see when opportunities happen, you got to change yourself to make it happen. I think so. And most people need to be flexible. If you're not flexible, oh my gosh, you will be so stuck and bent and broken. <laughs> you'll be bruh. you'll be chilling like, bro, where did time go? Look, we're already in June. Bruh. Like, let that sit for a second. Like, <laughs> like last year, March, now we're in June. Like, it's going to be 2022 before you know this. And... You're going to be like, what happened like two years gone? You can't get that back. I'm right. sorry. <laughs> Not sorry. <laughs> you know, you, you just have to think about it. So I think you are, you're bringing the most vital part of the information, especially that we're like really reaching to this point where people are like this self-actualization. Now I'm seeing growth strategy everywhere. Clubhouse, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, groups, Pinterest, you know, we're, we're everywhere now. So if somebody can't even think straight and can't even start with one platform, what growth strategy should they focus on and why? That's a good question. I like to think of this like, what's something that you're confident in that you can give high quality content to consistently? That's what you really need to focus on first. Folk, I want to be a YouTuber. I'm going to tweet a storm. Dude, I'm going to be on Clubhouse, make my own room, and be just hustling in all these rooms all day long. Like, figure out one thing that you can show up your most confident self consistently and give high-value content for it. I don't know the answer. You know the answer. Or you need to figure it out. And sometimes that line aligns with what you enjoy, and sometimes it doesn't. If you love to, you know, be in Clubhouse, but your audience is on the gram, well, either you got to find the folk who are on Instagram on Clubhouse, or you got to learn how to use the gram. Gram, I should say Instagram for those who don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But that's the big thing, because once you figure that out, the decision of what platform or how, it's going to be pretty easy. Now, that doesn't mean you can't do it on Discord or email. Like, email ain't did. There's a lot of folk who are making banks. Oh, email. No, no, they make it bank. It's just figuring out what you really can show up as. Are you a good writer? Cool. Uh, do you feel comfortable being on video all the time? Cool. Uh, if you just love to speak all the time and do an audio? Cool. If you don't want to do any of those things, I'm sure there's other ways we can figure these things out to hack. Like, for example, maybe you're a great writer, but you know that the people who are going to buy your product or your service are those going to watch videos, but you have this insurmountable fear of being on camera. No excuse. Write the script, read it, put it out there with an avatar, a fun, you know, iPhone avatar of you reading it. You ain't looking at nobody. 
you still reading it and it's still a video it still counts or you know you find somebody who can create the visuals and you have a script because you wrote it you read it so it's in your voice and you're going to do the magic to run a video if you have the budget for it but there's no excuse find out the way of what you're good at find out what your target audience group customer community is connect that bridge strategy is literally to get you from a to b that's all i do every day and so it's not always troy can you optimize my platform no it's like let me get to your inside your mind what's the problem let's remove the problem and have the solution so this thing about growth hacking you know that you brought up i get it it's everywhere and i'm not gonna lie a lot of it does work a lot of it takes a lot of consistency and confidence and good content so if you can't do those three things it don't matter how how much money you put on ads it don't matter how much coaching you get if you're the one that has to push that content out there if you don't show up as confident and you can't do it consistently it, it doesn't even matter those are the core nucleus principles to just getting it out there for growth to even happen because you can't make a pivot or changes until you have a certain amount of time intervals of something done consistently to know if it works or doesn't work who am i going to go to for that and what are the pain points that they're saying along the way if you don't have enough data points to make an, a smart evaluated decision about am i growing or am i not growing it doesn't matter what platform you're on this is going to be the same thing people are like oh my, my numbers suck on instagram right now i'm going to go on tiktok and I'm stuck on TikTok. It must be the platform. I'm going to go to Facebook again. Oh, they still stuck on Facebook. I'm going to go to LinkedIn. That's not how it works. It's not the platform. It's you figuring out how do you, how does the platform bring the best out of you? And you are tapping into the platform to reach the target audience you want to the best at a consistent rate. Now, obviously, we want to go fast, but we got to be smart. I'd rather go a little bit slower and save you some money so we can build that foundation so we can catapult later. Then to go really fast with a messy message that don't make sense to nobody but you. And we just waste all the time for no reason. So you got to balance between smart and speed to make success work. I think so. Speed is very essential right now. Because imagine the number of searches going on on a daily basis, even as we speak right, right now. <laughs> you know? So when you think about strategy, what comes first? And this is good. It's not a trick question. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> a business strategy or a marketing strategy? Ooh, I want to do a slight twist because I feel like depending on how you took this answer, you might associate with business or marketing. But for me, I lean in on business first, but I caveat with saying I need to know what the market looks like. So if you think of Tam and Sam, for those who don't know, Tam is total total available market, and Sam is your serviceable available market. So typically, when you build a business strategy, what's the total available market for this? Maybe hey, I'm trying to make a whole nother live stream platform. I mean, you got you know maybe Zoom, you got Streamyard, you got Google Meet, you got Microsoft Teams. So you're evaluating who are the bigger players in this total available market. And then who am I serviceable to? In the same way, I think that's very important to lock in first. Now, depending on if you associate that with more marketing side, I personally associate that with more business side, but that would be my answer. So I would lean on business first because if you don't have a solid business model, I have nothing to market. I have nothing to test to see what the heck I'm even looking for to see if it's viable. If who are these locations, whether it's geolocation, 
you know, whether you're going international uh, or your local area or what platform without at least knowing the backbone of what we're dealing with. People love to market and build a website because it looks sexy. It makes them feel like they could check mark something off a, a list. But if the business isn't prepared, if the copy isn't there, the message isn't there, you just have a really sexy shell with no real meat to it, no real bones to it. And so you went backwards, you wasted a ton of money up front to, to what? To redo it again. So I will lean on business marketing first, business strategy first, I should say. And then marketing strategy comes thereafter. That's spot on. Literally, that just takes the cake because I think another thing people don't really see is that it's all in your planning. If you plan content a month in advance, this should not be a problem. If it is, then go back to drawing board and figure out why this is a problem and why they're not responding. And that's where the money is. That's where the money resides. You know, you have to think about that thing. And like you said, business strategy. Now, when you think about DEI and culture, where does this play in when you think about all these different platforms that have all types of demographics? And like you said, you don't want to keep jumping left and right. It's a great question. I think you really got to look at yourself and look at, you know, some people try to control who they market to, to a very molecular level. I don't agree with that because let the audience decide what's What's the value to them? I do think it makes sense to look at at least three to five pools. I like to do odd numbers because that gives you a, a, a voter's choice point uh, to just see of those three to five groups. All right, we're going to push all of our content to these groups and see what happens. And you got to be committed. You got to let that sit 30, 60, 90 days, if not six months first, to get enough data points to tell you it's a no or it's a definite yes before you make any shifts. Otherwise, I think when it comes down to diversity of socioeconomic status, or if you're BIPOC or LGBTQIA, or any of those, I guess, defining identities in different realms, you really got to tread a lot line because depending on your product or service, you can maybe say it attests more to this particular group. But you don't want to ostracize business. You don't want to ostracize opportunities. So sometimes it just has to be more broad and then go in and figure out that niche down the road. Unless you've done the back work to know exactly who you serve as a niche and you know there's some viability there, you know the sand on town of the whole situation, God bless you, by all means, go ahead and do it. But if you don't have that information to back you up, I would advise you not to go too deep in the niche until you know it makes sense for you to be in that niche. And let me also make this clear too. Many times we try to align our own passions to project on our customers of who we think our customer is. That's not always the case. You may have an amazing product that you think is going to work for this group. The group rejects it to hit the high water. This group that you didn't even think about, give it to us. We want it now. We need it. I'm willing to pay top dollar. Ten times what you thought you were never going to charge for it. So you really got to take all this to account. So I'm, I'm sure you're probably wondering what Trey, you're just telling me a bunch of hot gas. I don't know. Can you give me a definitive answer? Again, think of the three to five things that you think who would buy your product, who would buy your service looks like. Try it. And then modify accordingly. It may be socioeconomic and geotags. It may be to a certain group because the storyline behind the product or service matches up. It matches up. And there may be times where it's something totally different. And sure, we can go a deeper dive on that later, but 
these are just little nuggets that anybody who has a high level would tell you that you have that figured out. When you have this stuff figured out, do you know how much higher chance of success you have when you go to a consultant or a strategist or an H to help you build this stuff out now? A graphic designer to design, a video editor to make it pop? That's powerful. So the things that we're giving you, if anything, is going to help you build the foundation for success if you take with it and execute with it. Mm, exactly. And I think that's really the, the cap of what we're discussing today and understanding that your culture really dictates your brand and that emotion is where you're supposed to define your moment. So that definitely makes a lot of sense. I, I really appreciate you for being here today, Troy. This has been immense. Now, before you go, two last questions. One, <laughs> one, what is that platform that you didn't know you needed and how did you find it? And then I'm going to move to the last question. <laughs> I think we know that. I think the clubhouse is the platform I never knew I needed until I got on it. I'm like, okay, bet. I could do something with this. I can find community in this. It's basically like a parking line. You can make it about, you can switch it up from business to entertainment, to culture, to community, to rant city, to NBA or sport. I'm a sports fanatic. And so I've been loving the rooms. I'm like, ooh, let me jump on this room after this game. Like, they better <laughs> throw the mess out of them. I feel like I have a plug into all these different things. And it's allowed me to have better community. It's allowed me to uh, to better pitch myself and articulate my things in different realms because I'm in so many different rooms. It's almost like I can switch on my persona depending on who I'm in the room with. So that's been something that's been helping me elevate my business and also elevate my, my personal self as well. That's amazing. I, I, I'm really glad you chose Clubhouse. I was like, I was nervous. I was like, I don't know what he's going to say. <laughs> Perfect. Spot on. Thank you so much. And lastly, if somebody wants to get in contact with you, how can they reach out and what's the best form of communication that you prefer? Well, the great thing about how I built my brand, how do I find Troy? At find Troy. Literally, F-I-N-D-T-R-O-Y on every platform known to mankind, you'll find me at find Troy. I do own a strategy firm called Strategy Hackers, which Strategy Hackers, you'll find it on the internet. Uh, but if you put Find Troy into Google, or my name, Troy Sanders, into Google, I'll pop up everywhere known to mankind. Hit me up in the DMs, or you can book a time to actual, an actual time to schedule on my calendar, because, you know, it's love when someone puts the time and effort to put that in your calendar. You don't miss nothing. Yeah. You can do it right away. So feel free to do that. You can find it anywhere. I'm more than happy to help with your strategy for your business or for your personal brand as well. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you for being here today. You've, you've put a light on on people, they better definitely wake up and see that light. And I appreciate you for having me. Real quick, like 30 seconds. This is the power. This is the power of you just speaking your truth in a room that people see you and notice you. And when opportunity knocks, you open that door and you step into it fully confident of who you are. I appreciate you, brother, for what you're doing. And I think, and if any way I can help you, and that's what we're trying to do. You can't do it alone. You can't win it alone. It's about community. And so if you're listening, who are the people who can support you and help you? To knock on that door and make lemonade, y'all. Let's make this happen. Let's get these W's and get this money. Peace. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you once again, and I'm wishing you a wonderful time. Thank you, brother.